0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Sydney Cricket Ground. Each episode, we will be bringing to you interviews from sports teams, players, live events, plus reliving some of the ground's most historic moments. Subscribe now to make sure you don't miss an episode and let us know who you want to hear from next. Stuart McGill, here we are. We're in Canberra and uh, it's the SCG 11. You're captain, obviously.
1: uh... Obviously. Yes, obviously.
0: Your team's batting. How nice is it to get out in
1: the open air? You know, uh, it's funny, capital of, the, of our country. Mm. Uh, a lot of people uh, mock Canberrans, but not me. I've, uh, I've always loved it. My best mate, when I was uh, 12 years old, moved over here mm. uh, from Perth to Canberra. And I always, so I came to see him a couple of times. Alexander Mackay. Uh, my son is named after him, funnily wow. enough. But I love Canberra. And... Uh, the thing that i love particularly about philip oval um is how massive it is because i haven't had a bowl for some time tim and i was very nervous about it but then i've I've seen it i'd say it's got the mcg covered it's massive and very dry which is good and there's no restrictions on field placement so you might you well might... especially seeing as i'm captain i'll do
0: what i want oh exactly yeah. of course the um look at the other the other really good thing and look we all are like we're not only sort of work in and around the city cricket ground but we love the place and it's great to actually come here and we've had a function with some of our country members and it's it's fantastic to interact because they have this great passion for the scg as well don't
1: they well look uh, the the thing that that you know, anybody who's played cricket for New South Wales probably played sport in New South Wales. Will know uh, that regional New South Wales and regional Australia is very, very important to our success. Mm. And we have been the most successful provincial side uh, men's cricket team in in history mm. um, on the planet. And it's 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 mainly because of the strength of regional cricket. So it's important for us to come here. Uh, it, it was it's actually it's very funny today even I, I, I came here today uh, you know just pretty single-minded obviously about being very professional captain, uh, yeah captain. captain it's a big job captain, um, my captain but then realized in the other team there are a couple of my friends um, you know I've got Mark Higgs uh, Stuart Carpenter matthew phelps is living here now i played with him a lot at sydney uni the very very close friends um brad Haddon, obviously one of the best keepers i bowled to uh nathan lyons played here we got michael bevan who i played with a lot canberra is a big player in the history of new south wales cricket and um and I'm very, very happy to be here. I've got to be honest. Yeah, and, and look, and the
0: surrounding areas, all the country and rural areas would be great if we've got a big splash of rain, obviously, but that's uh, something that we need all through the, the country areas of, uh, of Australia, really. Yes. Um, now, let, let, let's let's change tack a little bit. Cricket and you as a cricketer, how did how did you go when the lights went out and you'd walked away and you were no longer a, a a cricketer. Because well, how, how much of your identity is wrapped up in all of that?
1: Well, it, it's an interesting question because um, uh, you know, I'm going to name drop here. Mm. Uh, it's something that I like to do frequently just to remind people how cool I am. Yeah, it's important. Uh, I, uh, I'd i been finished for about 12 months. Mm. And Northern, four, Peter Garrett. And uh, yes, Peter Garrett. Beds are burning. Yeah, beds are burning. Midnight oil. Um, d- all-round genius guy mm. came up to me uh, at the SCG and said hey Stewie how are you going and I didn't I you know I will actually concede I don't didn't know him all that well but his great-grandfather played for Australia actually mm-hmm. played uh, a test cricket for Australia but he said how are you going and I said oh, I'm, I'm good and he said no Stewie how are you going and I said "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good and he said Stew it must be a difficult transition. And I, I looked at him and I said, well, uh, actually, because I thought I had a pretty good time when I played cricket, mm. did what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, um, you, know, uh, you know, beautiful dinners, uh, traveled the world, you know, met people from all walks of life. And I thought it was all, you know, pretty free and easy. But it's actually a very structured lifestyle because we play four- and five-day games. Mm. We train, you know, on most of the other days. You have a certain pride uh, in your own performance that that requires you to do other things. Um, And you don't realise how structured you are until the day you don't have to do that anymore. Mm. And it is very difficult. uh, And I know a lot of uh, guys have had a lot of trouble uh, transitioning out of sport and I think cricket's one of the hardest games to transition out of um, I was just lucky because you know I had plenty of other distractions um, you know uh, you know I, 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 I like mixing with people I like meeting people from different walks of life and 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 I like eating and drinking as you can tell yeah well you're not Robin, you're not Robinson Crusoe on that front, but it is but it is an interesting space isn't it because
0: it's I, I, I think as as we get older and we look at the younger generation it's it, everyone says a lot of work is done in this area, but I still don't think enough is done to to, to help make sports people aware of that transition because it is a very uh, a small moment of your life unless you play golf and you play in the 50s, 60s whenever. but most sports see your career done and dusted by uh,
1: mid-30s maybe oh, top time. I'm late pretty 30s. concerned now I've got to be honest um, because there you know, there's these huge and they call them support networks Yep. Yeah. now for me if you're a professional professional sportsman or woman um, there should be a network of people who are available to you so that you can develop the skills required to support yourself. And and it shouldn't be about me holding your hand through the event. Um, I worry that maybe, in professional sport, you have to look after yourself first, and then if you've got everything that you need, then you are in a position to help your teammate. Mm. But you should always care about your teammate. Yeah. Even if you've got nothing in common with them, mm. um, you've got a common goal. We all want to do well for our team. And I respect you because we share the same goal. And I think at the moment, maybe um, it's either, it's it's either been transformed to the point that it's all about the individual, or because I'm not a part of this at the moment. Mm. It's either all about the individual and nobody else, or it could be that we don't need to worry about one another because there are other people worrying about us. Mm. And that's that's probably dangerous. That bothers me. Mm. It bothers me greatly. I still send text messages to guys I played with In 2008, 9, 10, 11. Um, And I do it not because I'm trying... I don't get paid for it. I I do it because I care about them. Mm. And I just would like to think that everybody who plays uh, in a professional sporting team cares about the guys and girls they play with. What was it like when you put your
0: cap on for the first time you played a test match for Australia you'd you'd played 5 years with western australia you made the migration um, east which which worked beautifully obviously but to, to finally get that spot uh, you know you're you're in a, in, in a in a, an era of of superstars uh, when you got that opportunity
1: when i uh, I, I got picked in the 12 uh, for australia against south africa and adelaide and and first of all that was just a complete shock I'd always um, wanted to play for Australia, but I I didn't I didn't see that one coming. To be honest, it was a total shock to me. When I got picked in the 12, there was a tour to India coming up, so I thought they just pick me in the 12, get me in the team group, uh, be 12th man, run around so that then they would take me to India. And then the the morning of the game, Mark Taylor was the captain. Morning of the game, he said. To the group we we're in a little huddle before we do a warm-up and he said uh to the group uh, as uh most of you know uh pistol paul rifle uh now one of the best umpires on the planet uh has a broken finger and so uh suey mcgill will be uh, the 374th uh, player to uh pull on the baggy green and that's <laughs> how you found out i didn't know he had a broken finger I'd told my parents the night before, look, don't worry about coming. Like, I'm obviously just here for the Indian tour. Um, yeah, I'm not going to play. I can't see how I can get in the team. Warney was playing. I just didn't... It just didn't work out for me. And uh, I, the first I knew that Pistol had a broken finger was when Mark Taylor told me. And so he gives me the cap. Um, Do you remember what was going through the system at the time? Like you, Yeah, man, I no, I remember. Uh, so say gives me the cap and... I, I had it in my hand, but I had a training cap on and I'm uh And so I put it on the ground. So we're at the Adelaide Oval and all of our kits and everything were just inside the fence on, on the field. And I put it on the ground. But as we did the warm up lap, as I'm running around the field, I was just staring at it the whole way around. Because I'm going, somebody's going to jump over the fence and steal my bag of green. And, you know, who knows, you might never get another one. But uh, and 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 actually, following on from that, I always want to bat first in games. Thankfully, we did that here today. Mm. Uh, but on that particular occasion, I wanted to bowl first because I wanted to get it out of the way because I was terrified. And and just to sort of face that fear quickly rather than I wanted to get it out of the way. Mm. I would. I'd been I'd been bowling pretty well that season uh, for New South Wales, but. When I got the ball in my hand and I was standing at the top of my mark, the first thing that went through my mind was, you're going to bowl a full toss or a half tracker, you're going to be useless. And I I had no reason for saying that to myself because I just thought, you know, this is going to go horribly wrong. Um, That's interesting isn't yeah. it? And, and, and I've looked back, it, it, I, I didn't see the over, I didn't actually watch it back because uh, for years, probably 10 years, and then when I watched it, it was actually not a bad over. I think I got hit for four off the last ball but the first five just landed and I, I've never been able to do that since. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> my first over in pretty much every game is rubbish, so including today unfortunately that
0: um that was a fascinating test match too wasn't mm. it not just because it was your first but it was an interesting test match well
1: it's interesting i've got the uh you know the, the compression garment on here but uh in the second innings mark war who i think i was wasn't a next in to bat but i was uh, one after that and because we were in a little bit of trouble to save the test match uh, mark taylor had batted through the innings in the first innings uh, he was the first australian batsman to bat through an innings since bill Laurie. and the only reason he became that uh, that great is because i was uh, nice enough to get out Lovely uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i decided to get out so he could get that stat so uh, i was very generous of me but um in the second innings we were really struggling to hang on to the game for a draw and Mark uh, Waugh got hit on the arm, and his arm, particularly your elbows, there's a ten, you know the the nerves in there, and it went all floppy, and he's like, you know, banging his arm around, and he hit the stumps, and so the South Africans went bananas and said he'd hit wicket, and it was out, and it wasn't, and then. Uh, they gave it not out. They went, they, you know, there, there was it was quite a long time before, and I was, I remember I was it. yeah, and I was sitting there like thinking, oh my god, I'm going to have to bat and try and save a Test match in my first Test match with the bat, and I am a total muppet. I, I can't bat to save my life, and I'm just thinking this is a debacle. And they gave it not out, and then uh, Hansie decided to uh, stick a stump through the door of the changing rooms. But um, you know, he was a bad guy anyway. Yeah, that was a that was a that's a whole other story that yes, we won't talk no, about. No,
0: it, we, no we won't. But was, he is a bad guy. Was a bad guy. I am um, yeah, 93 94 was oh, my yeah. first my first tour as a reporter produ- producer on radio. That was interesting, when they came out from the cold so they kept the vessels play. But Mark Taylor, you mentioned Mark Taylor, yes. and I in my time as a as a sports reporter, uh, and I have got to know him and 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 become a a friend and associate yes. of his since he had a remarkable nature as a leader which I haven't seen a lot in many others. He had a a touchability, a, a bit of a a normality which is not often there. If you think about
1: look, lots of people don't like school, okay? But an equal amount of people have that one school teacher or headmaster or deputy head or housemaster you know, headmistress that seemed to care about you more than anybody else. I likened Mark Taylor to that headmaster. Uh, I didn't have any headmasters that I liked. I might add, but he was the one. <laughs> uh, but he was he was kind. He was educating me. So he led me through the early parts of my New South Wales and Australian career. he tried to understand you as well? He, at this point of my career, I wasn't ready to get to that space. He tried to help me understand what I was doing. So he tried to help me understand what test cricket was and you know, that it was okay to not show off, you know, bowl the same ball, go back, bowl it again, bowl it again, like repetition, calm, don't need to be flashy, just go about your business, prepare, you know. And he was perfect for that part of my uh, professional career. The next captain I had, Steve War, I was very, very upset when Mark Taylor retired, because I thought that he, I, I thought to myself, how would I be able to play without him there? Mm. But and I told him, but 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 you know, obviously, you know, it's personal reasons, and you know, and his his career had come full circle for him, and it was the time for him. But what I didn't realise at the time is it was actually time for me then to start doing things for myself. And Steve Wall, the next captain, is my favourite captain because he wouldn't hold my hand as I was going through things. He'd come up and he'd go, so we agreed on doing this, 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 this and this. Go for it. I hear you've been bowling very well this season. Keep it going. And that sort of thing at that particular time was perfect for me. And that was probably the most successful period of my career. What about contrasting that
0: first Test match against South Africa, Adelaide, to when you were at the SCG and it was almost on a string? Like Your record in Test cricket at the SCG is formidable, um... You, you never smiled much when you got the wickets. You just chucked the thing on the ground, and you, but, but, but your record was phenomenal.
1: I mean, you, you could get a few of those blokes out. There's Englishmen out with a watermelon. Yeah, well, look, the reason I didn't smile much wasn't because I wasn't enjoying myself. I always figured, and, and you know me pretty well mm. now, Tim. We've known each other for a long time, but, like, I enjoyed myself more than most after the game. But I figured that if you enjoy yourself too much before the game is finished, then you won't get to enjoy it at the end because you won't win. And any two-horse race, there's a winner, well, well, there should be a winner and a loser. Obviously in cricket there's a draw every Mm. now and then. But I didn't, I was was playing to win all the time. Um, Not win at all costs, but win according to the laws of the game and do it as clinically as possible and that's why i didn't smile because i knew that if i got too happy then it would affect the next ball and the next ball and the next ball and i'd i'd bowl rubbish so i just got on with it but at the end of the game i was smiling <laughs> most of the time anyway oh and look yeah and look a lot of stuff can go inside the
0: system as well that people don't see but to to perform like that in front of your home crowd by then was uh, must have been you know a real sense of
1: uh, of pride of uh, you know yeah. a good feeling the thing for me is too mate uh, and as you know th- th- that's where I got most of my test matches so the other aspect of my career up here for me uh, upstairs in you know between my ears was you get one game a year you gotta make sure it's a good game because it could be your last game and I didn't get to pick and choose where I played mm. So if I got one game of the year at the SCG, make sure it's a good game. And, and so I did love playing. It, yes, it was my home crowd. Yes, it was a good pitch. Yes, it was somewhere that I was comfortable with. But as far as I knew, that was the, on, on several occasions, it was my one test of the year. So you either do well or you miss out and you never play again.
0: And the celebration, as you mentioned, uh, whether yeah. you're playing for Australia or New South Wales, back then in particular, there you go. It's it your, involved
1: this most. Of the well,
0: time. It, it involved uh, like like the the ground has got such a great tradition, uh, and one of the great traditions as a player was the
1: old uh, cellar underneath the dressing room. Well, that's well, and and you know, I feel you know a little bit sorry for the guys that are playing now because it's it's it it doesn't still exist, but in um. In the olden days, back when I was playing. Well,
0: that's how my kids always fit Back in the olden days, Dad, yeah. how much did paddle pops cost? <laughs> like, 20 cents. Yes. Uh, yeah. 20 cents,
1: kids, just yeah. in case you are wondering. Um, the, the, the cellar was underneath the home dressing room. Mm. It actually extended most of the way through the bar, the members' bar. But yeah. um, that's where the wine was and the beer was and uh, in Keith Miller's day if he had a good day he'd bang on the floor with a stump they'd bang back up from the cellar downstairs and that meant that he could go downstairs and pick up a carton. I resurrected that tradition and unfortunately uh, I retired so that that tradition finished and um, they moved the cellar. I may have finished the cellar.
0: I have to admit. You're banging the stump down and up it came. The um, well, let's 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 move forward to to where you are now because uh, you're a restaurateur, but not only just a restaurateur, but very successful.
1: I'm very very lucky. Uh, I, I met uh, the lovely Maria uh, two or three years ago now, and uh, you know, as, as I mentioned before, I love food and wine. Um, and uh, I'd, been, I'd been casing this joint, uh, a, a Greek restaurant in Neutral Bay called Aristotle's. I'd been looking at it and trying to convince my kids that this was a place we should be going in, in to eat at. Because mm. it looked really beautiful. And I knew that the food would be good because the presentation, the menu looked good. And uh, I'd been trying to. and they were, they're not sure because they never had Greek food before. They didn't know what was going on. And then I, uh, I was lucky enough to meet Maria, whose restaurant it is, and uh, managed to convince her that I uh, would be a very valuable asset for the business. Uh, and now, um, she's a very clever girl. She's, uh, she's an architect. She designed the whole place herself. It's only a small restaurant, 40 seats. Um, she's also your partner in life as well. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, she's got great taste in men. Yeah. Um, uh, amazing taste in men. Uh, but that's actually my only role in the business. I'm the eye candy. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe I could be the dishwasher. It's one of the two. I'm not sure. I, I, well, they can they can work together. They could. I look really good washing the dishes. Yeah, why not? There we go. Let's yeah, run with that one. But yeah, you won an award. We just did, actually. And, and look, I, I can... I can um, you know, I can make light of it, but I I am very, very proud of, of this restaurant. And we work very hard. We open every night apart from Tuesdays. Mm. We work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday lunch. We've both got kids. Um, we don't finish until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Mm. Um, but we've just... Been awarded the best restaurant, New South Wales Local Business Awards, best restaurant on the North Shore oh, out fact. of 160 restaurants. So, and we've beaten restaurants that have hats and things. So we, we, we did not dream that this could happen. We didn't even go to the awards night mm. because we just thought, oh, it could never happen to, to somebody. We know we work hard, yeah. but everybody works hard. You work hard, you work, everybody works hard but we were shocked it actually there were tears tim well that's good it's a, it tears. was a
0: great achievement and did oh. the
1: kids like greek food now oh yeah well the, yeah my son is uh he, he brings his uh, his girlfriend he's, he's just got a girlfriend he's he, he brings his girlfriend in for a date once every fortnight so it's good yeah it, it's cheap for him although he's he's got, he's got common sense on hey, his side as well. Hey, very now, shrewd
0: now obviously um uh, you've just come off as a trustee, but t- tell us about that. What was it like being having played, having this association, then having um, a, a role like
1: that as a, as a trustee of, of this place? One of the people, when I moved to New South Wales in ninety five, one of the people that uh, uh, cared for me the most and, uh, 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 I guess, mentored me mm. um, was Alan Davison. Um, Davo. Yeah, Davo, um, look obviously was a superstar genius cricket player and without doubt could have played the game today if he was doing what he did when he was playing he could slot into the Australian cricket team today he's one of those players that you know generations don't matter to him he, he was a superstar but what he did for me was he inspired me to be a part of cricket outside of the playing arena? And uh, he was on the trust when I met him, mm. and uh, I wanted to be on the trust because he'd been on the trust. And so, and I told him, uh, you know, when I when I was appointed to the trust, um, you know, it was because of him. You know, I, I wanted, I just wanted to follow in his footsteps, and I, I hope I did him proud. Uh, Obviously, my my involvement with the SCG will be uh, ongoing until the day I drop. Mm. Uh, but um, uh, you know, hopefully, I you know contributed a bit uh, during my time, and uh, you know we'll keep it going. I think, and um, you know, I'm I'm still going to be involved in several layers of uh, of, of of the 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 trust, um, and. I'm very, very proud to be a part of it. It's a, it's a very special place. It is, without doubt, the greatest ground in Australia, and, and, and probably outside Lords, the home of cricket, the greatest ground on the planet.
0: Yeah, I hear, hear to that. I'll, look, as a boy, as a half-Lebanese boy who grew up in Guilford, you know, in travelling there in the '70s to watch cricket or football with one or six kids, to be a part of the. Uh, this place is just, you know, I have to, you know, pinch myself. Uh, so I, I feel the same way. I really do. When I say that, you know, you and I both speak from the heart. Now, we'll wrap it up. Um, where have you put yourself into bat? Are you batting 15 yeah, today? Yeah, look,
1: <laughs> I, uh, I think the best way of describing where I'm going to bat is uh, the fact that I, when I walked into the ground today, I had a little black bag about that big. Uh, there's no pads. There's no bat. <laughs> there's no gloves. I'm not going anywhere near it.
0: <laughs> well, you, you'll have a bowl later. Stewie, thanks later. for being on the podcast. Thank you very much. A lot much,
1: of fun. Team. Thank you, man.